Howdy, pilgrims. Welcome back to your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. Ah, feels so good to hear that in person. It's great to be back. Great to be back. On this week's episode, you'll first hear about Sizzle AI, which just raised $7.5 million in seed funding led by Owl Ventures, with participation from 8VC as well. The company was started by former Meta VP of AI and aims to empower students to ask questions and love learning. Next, we'll cover Kiki, an app that's like Hinge, but for subletters, matching renters with listers based on similar preferences and interests, and the recent $6 million seed round led by Blackbird Ventures. And lastly, stick with us for a breakdown on GymPass, the leading corporate wellness platform, which just announced an $85 million Series F. Can I get an F yeah? F yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Led by EQT Growth with participation from Newberger Berman, and this values them at $2.4 billion. A great variety pack of startups for this week's dose. Let's cue the intro music and dive on in. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. Right, diving right into it. Our first company for today is Hot. I'm sizzling. talking sizzling <laughs> off a $7.5 million seed round. That's Sizzle AI. This round was led by Owl Ventures. Um, also participation from 8VC, which we talked about recently. This company was founded by former VP of AI from Meta or Facebook when he was there, I believe. Uh, his name's Jerome Pacenti. Only nine months ago, he started this company. And its goal is to help students using AI that encourages critical thinking and question asking. Now, you know, this definitely comes at a critical time in the evolution of AI these days, which we talk about every episode. Don't need to point that out anymore. Um, but it's tools like ChatGPT that are becoming widely used by students of all ages and not always in the right ways. Indeed. We, we've both heard of countless examples of students using these AI tools to cheat on homework assignments, essays, much more, right? It's just with all the tools available, it's never been easier to cheat, yeah, unfortunately. Crazy. And not to mention, the attention of our youth is constantly being captured and exploited by AI on social media platforms, right? We've covered this with TikTok in the past, something that Jerome Pizzenti knows all too well with his experience at Meta. And so with that said, the goal here is to harness those same powers of AI and put them to use in a positive sense in the world of edtech a world in which engagement is super low, unfortunately, with existing solutions. Yeah, you and I kind of grew up in the school system before AI kind of really became a thing. I mean, we started to see uh, new software platforms and learning management systems that, that our schools would introduce. And um, I'm kind of glad we weren't in school during <laughs> this time, but it's a company like this that does give me a little bit of faith. So. Their mission is also focused, in addition to what we just mentioned, on providing really anyone of any background with the opportunity to learn to love learning. Um, it's a noble goal, I think, of investing in our next generation. Totally. 
um, you know, think about a platform that can empower really anyone that has the curiosity uh, to learn anything and, and become su successful in school. That, that could have a wide-ranging impact for underserved communities. And so that's the other sort of second prong. And I think it's their primary goal, but it was, it was the second prong that came to mind for me. And so they also cite a study that says 62% of students avoid asking questions due to fear of judgment. So it's, it's all these aspects combining to making this engaging, thought-provoking, and, and ethical AI tool for students to help them learn. It's pretty cool. Definitely cool. And so moving forward here, what is the product that Sizzle has come out with? So as of now, it's a free mobile app available internationally in English, and it's generally suitable for middle school and high school students in subjects like math, science, and English, some of the heaviest hitters out there. Oh, yeah. And the AI can converse back and forth with the student, acting as a virtual tutor for things like math problems, word problems, even multiple choice questions. So getting back to what we mentioned earlier, more of a tutor than just an answer giver, you know, get the answer quick and not really learn anything. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be helping. And, and I work in the ed tech industry, so I have learned a lot about this. And, and they call it the Socratic method. Mm. Maybe familiar to, to listeners out there, to you pilgrims that are uh, learning buffs. Uh, this is a method that requires the learner to do, to do the thinking themselves. They're not just going to be given the answer like any tu good tutor would do, and that this is put into an AI on the phone, which is pretty cool. So another cool feature was that they could upload pictures of their handwriting, whether it's like I saw on the website, like a math problem they're working through, good old Algebra 2, something Trigon like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, they claim, the Sizzle AI claims that they can even... Um, let's just say, decipher the worst of calligraphists. <laughs> and yes, we had to look that word up, calligraphists. <laughs> yeah. so that's a first for the, for the pill history. Yeah, which I love to hear because definitely some of my math problems looked more like hieroglyphics <laughs> and chicken scratch. Uh, I didn't want to call you out. You said it, you said it first. So I, I was, you came to mind for sure. Um, I had decent handwriting, still do. But the broader goal with Sizzle is they want to expand their offering beyond just these step-by-step problem-solving capabilities that, that are currently available in, in their app today. And, and only in nine months, they have a great solution there. So they're going to continue to expand to different types of questions, problems, assignments that students are coming across, in addition to expanding beyond students, so lifelong learners, um, folks that are interested in learning really anything. So it's a good initial strategy for them and then to expand from there. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to touch on real quick. We talked about how TikTok has impacted attention spans. Another downside I've learned with social media is superficial learning. So you'll read something quick, you'll see a headline, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm, you know, I can't say I'm yeah. perfect here either. But you'll read a headline, maybe read a couple sentences, but you don't really absorb it into the brain the same way that you do when you read something like or write it out by hand. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is hopefully also going to address that. Absolutely, yeah. And so just wanted to make a note that the investors in this round are among some of the most respected firms out there. So Owl Ventures is the leading edtech venture capital firm with investments in companies like Masterclass and Quizlet. I mean, Quizlet was definitely a huge resource. That was for like me. the main, yeah, yeah, that was like the main cool ed tech company of our generation. I totally. Like. And it yeah. was so helpful, right? Make those flashcards online. Yeah. Not to mention another investment in Al Ventures, perhaps their crown jewel portfolio Come on. company Come on. is it. Interplay Learning. Yes. <laughs> yes. A little bit biased, of course, but yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're among a good group there. So it's been cool to to be a part of that that portfolio. Yeah, that is elite company for Interplay Learning to keep. 
Uh, and additionally, aside from Al Ventures, we also mentioned 8VC, and we've mentioned them several times on the podcast. Uh, they, are, they are a leading tech investor that's been increasingly on the rise in the past several years, really making a name for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And with a footprint in Austin, there, there was an episode recently, I, I want to say in the low 80s, that we, that we did a deeper dive on them. And, but yeah, overall, a strong founder, clearly the former VP of AI like, at, at Meta, um, taking his talents to South Beach, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and a great founding team in addition to other, other great uh, employees from other tech companies like that. And, and combined with those investors, they've got a, a great initial product here, uh, a, a really valiant mission. And I think the only unknown that, that we weren't really able to uncover is their business model. So we could speculate on that. We weren't really able to see. As of now, it's a free app to students. Get those students in the ecosystem. Get them loving it. And then, you know, you can monetize that in many ways. But it's it's the early innings for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they develop that monetization strategy. I think I think Quizlet has a premium model, right? That kind mm-hmm. of seems to be the classic freemium, premium uh, type of subscription service for these online services. But love this startup. If they can encourage a love of learning and even the smallest sub-percentage of the population, that's, that's a win for everybody, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So always love. Uh, I think that's like the first one in ed tech that we've covered in a while. So. Mm-hmm. It's got a special place in my heart, so good luck to them. We'll be keeping tabs. (laughs) (laughs) For our second story on this week's Dose, we have Kiki, a subletting app that matches subletters with property owners fresh off a $6 million seed round led by Blackbird Ventures, joined by some notable backers across the tech industry, including executives from companies like Airbnb, Facebook Marketplace, Uber, Bumble, and more. And this fresh influx of funding will primarily go towards Kiki's upcoming relaunch in New York City this fall, just a couple months away. Yeah, so we'll get into a little bit of the background here. Basically, this app targets users who travel for months at a time. They don't want to lose out on that money, on that rent while they're away. I think each of us could benefit from a solution like this with the traveling that we've done in recent months. As opposed to a growing trend Uh, of landlords buying empty apartments and renting them out on sites like Airbnb, which can impose housing shortages even in small cities with all these vacant spaces for for short-term stays. Um, So a little bit more on the creation story. Founded by Toby Thomas Smith uh, in 2018, he was attending university in New Zealand, actually, and working for Airbnb. So a pretty cool story there. Yeah, and I think his tenure at Airbnb is what gave rise to Kiki, So while working there, he learned that some properties were sitting empty for almost half a year, making all of their profit over the summer or whenever that property may be in season, and then losing money being vacant most of the winter. Additionally, he realized that most of his college friends that rented places for the school year were wasting money when they went home for breaks, right? Winter break in college is like six weeks for some universities. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot of rent down the drain. And so to solve this problem... Toby Thomas Smith built an invite-only matchmaking service, originally called EasyRent, recently rebranded as Kiki, that allowed New Zealand-based students to rent out their places during the summer, mainly to other students that were coming into town for internships or school. In 2022, the startup closed a 230000 New Zealand dollar seed round and launched in Sydney, Australia, specifically to users in Bondi Beach, just a small neighborhood within Sydney. Within 12 months, EasyRent filled over 1,500 homes in the Bondi neighborhood alone. 
I think that was really the proving ground flash in the pan for Kiki. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit more on how the platform works. It's very similar to dating apps many of you may know, uh, most specifically Hinge we found. So they basically match listers with renters based on likes and preferences. So you're not swiping left and right, you know, <laughs> just based off the of looks of your potential <laughs> sub sublease. But it's instead based on, you know, questions and, and preferences and filters. Um, so it's a really cool idea. The goal is to make listers, especially first-time listers, feel more comfortable with letting a stranger stay in their home. Um, this is something that that we've grown to be accustomed to with platforms like Airbnb, but within the sublease space, I think it's a little bit more of a consideration. Like you don't want to screw over your friend that you might be leaving to go abroad or something like that, or you, you don't want to, it, it needs to be someone who's not just random for it to usually work out, right? Yeah, no, totally. I think with Airbnb and Uber, the two you know startups that initially made people comfortable working with strangers, as, as developed and name brand as those companies have come, there's still plenty of disaster stories you hear about, right? We've all had that terrible Uber where the car stinks and the guy speeds. And also Airbnbs, it can go bad both ways. The, the renters can be, you know, party animals that absolutely trash the place. And additionally, you can have a host that, you know, lives on the floor above you and is a nightmare to live with. So yeah. this kind of helps bridge some of those concerns for both parties. Exactly. So the way they do this is it's kind of this invite-only friends of friends model. Um, and it ensures that these people are vouched for, especially with respect to someone's space. You're mm -hmm. living with someone. And a lot of times these are students, so you want to make sure that's, that's good to go. You actually have to link your Instagram account to be accepted. So that's actually also the way that they will message. Ultimately, there's no messaging built into the platform today. And I think that's actually pretty smart for Kiki, leveraging that existing network of Instagram and the ability to message outside the platform. Um, there's a strict no weirdos policy. <laughs> so I think, I don't know if we'd make it. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just meaning that you have to have at least some followers and pictures on your profile on Insta to, to qualify. And so that's just you know, table stakes to making sure this is a real person, a normal, seemingly normal person, and someone that maybe a friend of a friend knows, at least. Right, and that goes hand in hand with feeling confident and comfortable with letting a stranger or a friend of a friend that you don't really know living in your space with your roommates, if you have roommates, um, which, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of a, it's interesting that they're so reliant on Instagram, but that being said, this is clearly like a social uh, mutual friend type of platform. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. Actually. Reminds us actually of 150. Got a shout out exactly. Alex Pacheco, uh, who's building a social media platform on a similar concept, not not having to do with subleasing, um, just a, a really wholesome, uh, I guess, ad free brand free social media called 150 you should check it out. Uh, we recorded that episode, I want to say end of last year, beginning of this year. So Sounds about right. In the 50-ish range mm -hmm. of episodes, just a little side shout out for him. Yes, plug God. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah. um, and so as we mentioned, Kiki has a similar profile format and layout to Hinge with lists of prompts for renters to choose from. And on the other side, listers can set criteria for their listing like minimum age, no smoking, no partying, yes partying. Uh, and so on. They also have a management feature where users can keep track of on-time payments, secure deposit holdings, and e-sign sublet agreements. And as for how Kiki monetizes, with each listing, they take 10% of the rent price for each match that they help set up. 
Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty significant take fee yeah. there. But I think the value that they provide justifies that. If I, I mean, I've actually never subleased before, and I think that's really because there's not an existing like easy way to do it. Um, and sometimes it, I feel like for us with our friends, it's just like, oh, someone did have a friend of a friend, but it wasn't through a platform like this. It wasn't systematized and easy to do. So I think that, you know, although that percentage seems high, I think it, it does make sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, honestly, if you're subletting to a friend or a close friend of a friend, sometimes you're okay taking a 10% discount on the rent, right? If rent was a thousand bucks, you'll give it to your friend for 900 as long as you're somewhat filling the void of you being out of town. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's lost lost money that otherwise wouldn't have been paid back to that person. Exactly. So, what's to come for Kiki this October? They're rolling out to one neighborhood to start, either East Village or Williamsburg um, in the U.S. And then they plan to expand beyond New York to the top ten cities in the U.S. We have to call out Austin recently, we growing, made <laughs> growing to make the top ten at the number ten population. Go. I think estimated by some, something or someone. <laughs> Somebody um, said that. Listen, I see a lot of there's a lot of people out there. At least a hundred people out there. Yep, so. there's some traffic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh expanding in the u.s and then also in 20 cities in europe by next year as well yeah i think one thing worth noting here is that different cities and new york comes to mind there's definitely some strict guidelines around subletting right certain buildings have different restrictions you can't do it in mm-hmm. some so i think there will be a little bit of a legal you know search and find see what you can discover with kiki find buildings where they can do this others where they can't but yeah yeah, that's pretty ambitious expansion plan. Hopefully Kiki, you know, expands to Austin, which just made the top 10. So mm-hmm. next time you go to Colorado for a couple months to go ski, you can sublet your place. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I will say it's a good point. My my building doesn't allow subleasing, so I, I would have to find another one to use this. But I do hope and think if I did live in a building that allowed it, I would totally take advantage of this because you and I both like to travel and work at the same time, do this podcast on the go uh, and a lot of times it means eating the rent when we're mm-hmm. not here in Austin, which is fine. You know, totally worth it. Um, luckily, we're able to do that. But it would be nice to get a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand bucks back. Totally. To be able to just fill that void at all would be a big win. Yeah. It's a big economic opportunity. I just like, it's so cool. Like, just a gap that this guy found in, in the current system and all this opportunity there to, to match people up. I, I think it's awesome. So, Agreed. wishing him only the best. All right, last company for today. We've got Gym Pass. Uh, some of you may have heard of it. Maybe your companies are using it. It's the leading corporate wellness platform. They just announced an $85 million Series F. F yeah. F yeah. F yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Led by EQT Growth with participation from Newberger Berman. Uh, this values the company at $2.4 billion. So nice to a double and a half unicorn right (laughs) (laughs) even despite tough economic conditions uh, in recent months gym pass has seen continued success uh, growing its customer base by 80 percent to 15,000 companies and a whopping yes whopping we we don't just throw that word around Mm -mm. two million employee participants that that is whopping and so what is gym pass In a nutshell, GymPass offers users the best network of gyms, studios, classes, personal trainers, and wellness apps, all in one convenient employee benefit. Companies use GymPass to help their employees move, eat, sleep, and overall just feel better with access to fitness and wellness partners in subscriptions that cost up to 50% less than your traditional membership. 
That's pretty significant savings opportunity. GymPass also more than doubles the number of employees engaged with wellness, and this widespread participation results in workforces that are 40% less likely to turn over and save their companies up to 35% on healthcare costs. Some pretty significant statistics there. Staggering. Health is wealth. Makes sense. Health is wealth. Staggering. Health is wealth for the companies. So that's that's really Jim Pass's pitch when selling this to these companies that want to offer it as a benefit. Uh, they have some big customers that include Aflac. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's the first Aflac mention in pill history. It definitely. Is. Mark this day. Mark this day. Nick Saban and Deion Sanders. Maybe they'll come on. Um, <laughs> Some other companies like Citizens Financial Group, Dignity Health, and Zendesk. They've also got some really key partners in the fitness and wellness industry, including 24-Hour Fitness, Berries, Core Power Yoga, Headspace, Lifetime, MyFitnessPal, Orange Theory. The list went on. Those are just to name a few. So really the top brands out there. Uh, And they're expanding also into non-physical wellness categories, including mental health, nutrition, as well as financial wellness. Yeah, love the expansion into those non-physical wellness categories, right? All kind of building this comprehensive employee wellness, which is so imperative to overall uh, employee happiness and retention, like the statistics we covered. Mm -hmm. And so Jim Pass's mission at large, it's to make well-being universal, something everyone can get behind, right? Uh, Reports show that more than four out of five employees globally believe well-being is equally important to salary and 53% of U.S. workers say they're stressed out on a daily basis. I am one of those 53%. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. 44% globally. I thought that was an interesting sort of caveat there mm-hmm. that hey, Americans are a little bit more stressed. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, you know... Yeah, I will say that's important to me. I know um, I've been lobbying my company to give like some sort of wellness uh, stipend or something like that. We have other stipends that are great, um, so no complaints there. But I think it is largely undervalued, like broadly by by companies and, and HR teams. Like, it's an investment in your people. It's more like preventative care. If you think back to, and this is a crazy comparison, but it popped into my head. Maya Shaposhnik Kadena, our our second wow. ever interview, episode ten. Episode ten. Talk about E ten. <laughs> Their philosophy on pet health was preventative, preventative measures, right? And that's ultimately a cost saver. Of course, it's a great benefit to your pet. Same same thing here. If employees are working out more, they have access to these resources. They won't. Yeah, the companies won't have to spend as much on the healthcare plans that they're giving them. So it is ultimately a return on investment conversation. Right. And for the employees, a lot of companies, mine included, offer some kind of stipend, right? So I can put like my gym membership on it and get most of a year's gym membership free. But that being said, Gym Pass, the flexibility it allows is incredible, right? So you can do a Barry's boot camp class, go to Pilates, do yoga, also mm-hmm. have a gym membership, mental health apps like Headspace, being able to have that kind of one subscription pays for all opportunity is is what's really cool to me. I think it's a genius idea. Um, 15,000 companies is a lot, but there are a lot more out there. So with this influx of funding, you know, they're really, they they really have a big opportunity to capitalize on. And and to sort of wrap up this episode, I, I found it interesting that in the, in the article we have listed here in the, in the show notes, um, it mentioned that there were a couple other investors in addition to EQT that are reinvesting through the purchase of existing shares from previous investors, as well as current and former employees. 
you know, the, the people that, that worked really hard at the very early stages of this business back when it was a seed company, like the other two we just covered, they, they want the opportunity to be able to cash out on their options and the shares that, that they've earned in addition to those early investors. And so I don't think we've ever talked about this before, but it oftentimes provides a liquidity opportunity for the folks like that to, to cash out, even if it's not a typical exit event like we're used to an acquisition or an IPO. And on the flip side, it allows some firms, uh, some of the ones that reinvested in this raise were General Atlantic and more strategic ventures to also kind of up their stake before mm -hmm. this company maybe transitions to an IPO yeah. or some larger exit event. So yeah, allowing people to get that liquidity that may need it, whereas some other bigger players can come in, be a little more patient, and then hopefully grow that money with a more traditional IPO. It's Yeah, it's a different stage of growth. Like the risk, a lot of the risk is off the table, so it takes a different pedigree of investor and i think that's what these are more like pe style investors at mm -hmm. the later stage we don't cover i don't know if we've ever covered a series f i don't think uh, it's so. more of like a private equity round but um certainly a, a vc style company so maybe this does take them to that exit you know next time around when, when we cover them but a really cool company all in all this influx of funding will propel gym pass to further their global expansion with a particular focus on improving the product experience for both companies and employees and we've covered during this breakdown how gym pass is really beneficial for both companies and employees on both sides of the spectrum here mm -hmm. that just about wraps it up for this week's dose dose 84 in the books we are crawling oh yeah slowly but surely our way to the 100th dose a lot more in-person doses to come. Yes. So that's exciting. You know, the fall in Austin, the fall in Texas is Oof. the best time of year. So you're going to hear a little extra pep in our step. That's for sure. In the next, you know, coming weeks. So we're excited. Yeah. Thank you to our listeners and also to you, partner, for bearing with us as we were traveling, doing a lot of remote episodes, just making it work so that we could keep our weekly cadence alive, which kudos to both of us uh yeah. for, for for being able to keep that going with the difficult I, schedule yeah exactly I tip the cap to the right back at the <laughs> to the yeah. loyal ones still listening through i guess to recap our summers real quick may as well right yeah um so yeah i guess i'll i'll start real quick did a lot of traveling across the country in july so went to so actually let's start back in june went to chicago oh, yeah. sam's old stomping grounds uh had a fantastic summertime time out there. Shy. summertime shy book it every year um, as long as I have friends out there, which I will for the foreseeable future, I will be there at least once a summer. Uh, we also have a lot of pilgrims out there, too. Yep. And then moved to, bounced around a little bit, went back home to New York, New Jersey area, went to Las Vegas, went to L.A., uh, so got to see, you know, both coasts, and then did a little Euro trip. So I went to Scotland, and I went to Amsterdam, and finished up in Croatia before coming back to Austin about two weeks ago at this point. Mm -hmm. It's great to be back. I was definitely getting used to the on-the-road vacation lifestyle, so I'm still reintegrating. Yeah. But like you said, it is a great time to be in Austin, Texas, Absolutely. as always, but especially now. So Yeah, we only have a few more days seemingly maybe in the triple digits of temperature, um, and then we'll, we'll be in the prime time. So yeah, yeah similar, similar to you. I mean, I'm proud of us. We, we, we made it through a busy summer where we both prioritized being with family, friends, exploring the world which each of us really values so i did a similar thing spent some time back in chicago um, and then recently went on a road trip 
and you covered for me, my friend. I appreciate that. So we really filled in for each other. Mm-hmm. Went out to Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming with uh, with some good friends. One of them being, I think he deserves a special he shout does. out. He's a number one. He's <laughs> he's up there for number one pilgrim. If he's still <laughs> listening, we'll we'll test him out here. That's Alan, our friend Alan. Um, Alan. Alan. <laughs> we went out to Wyoming and did a little road trip. So it was nice to escape and and, and kind of disconnect, get out in nature hoping to do a little Euro trip maybe next year, mm-hmm. but uh, good to be back. And yeah, just wanted to share a little bit about what we were up to this summer, why we, we uh, reduced our episode count or our company count, I should say, to three per episode. Um, who, who knows if we keep it there, but just to make it a little easier on us and some pre-recording and appreciate you all bearing with us. Hopefully the quality didn't drop too much. Uh, we, we kept it going and we're really excited to get back in person this fall and have some fun. Yep. Well said. Class is back in session. <laughs> so we're about to ramp it up. Like you said, some extra pep in our step. Always something special when we're in the studio together. So looking forward to our next batch of doses upcoming here. And as always, thank you to our listeners. We'll catch you guys next week. We'll catch you next week. I'll see ya. <laughs> Take care now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do things different. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of Independent Brokerage Solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security.